Everybody right down in the basement there, and we're going to watch somebody take on the family name of Jesus. Isn't that a wonderful privilege? Be able to be invited into the family of God. <laughs> uh, sometimes I look at wonder how can God do this, but he does it. Just as a brief resume, we've been ministering on the gifts of the Spirit, and we uh, want to just kind of refresh your mind again from the 12th chapter. This is where Paul deals with the gifts of the Spirit. Evidently, there had been a misuse of these gifts in the Corinthian church along with a lot of other things that the Apostle Paul was attempting to straighten out. Are you hearing me all right? I don't want to project my voice any more than necessary. Okay. So... Uh, he was meeting this, and he was describing the spiritual gifts as well as uh, trying to give some order to those. And beginning at the 12th verse, the 12th chapter, the first verse, simply says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Let's remember that word means unlearned or unacquainted. In other words, I want you knowledgeable of spiritual gifts, of their values and what they are. You know that you were Gentiles carried away into these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man, speaking by the Spirit of God, calleth Jesus accursed, that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Then he begins here the things that adorn the doctrine of Christ. I mean, they just add something to it. It says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administration, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operation, but it's the same God which worketh all and all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. You may be seated. And then he goes into explaining what the body is like and all of this. Goes on into the 13th verse and explains that without love any of these gifts operated without love is sounding brass and tinkling cymbal we have dealt considerably uh it's been up and down here and there but we've tried to get it all together and i would ask it perhaps if you have missed out and it might be a good idea to maybe get all the tapes if you can't afford them why then just get them anyway and get all the tapes and get them all together and begin to deal on this because it is important now, but it's going to be of grave importance, especially as we enter into the last days. For the church has to mature, it has to come to full maturity, and the fivefold ministry as well as the gifts of the Spirit is going to be the primary uh, bringing together of that. So we have actually taught on the gifts which were divided as such, the gifts to know, which is the word of wisdom the word of knowledge and discerning of spirits. These are knowing gifts. They're not all that easily identified. Some, some have been operated in our midst, and we have not even recognized those. So we need to try to pinpoint when they're, when they're being done and, when, and why they're being done. And then we just got through dealing with the speaking gifts, 
which is diverse kind of tongues, uh, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. And, of course, those are gifts that's pretty easily identified. Those are the mainstays, for the most part, in most of the churches today. You hear tongues, you hear interpretation, uh, you hear prophecy. And that's fine. Those are good gifts, and we need them, certainly in our life. But we need them all. We need the knowing gifts. We need the speaking gifts. And we need especially to tune ourselves into the power gifts, the gifts of action. A church was born in action. Church was born in power. And uh, these gifts were given us to demonstrate that power. And those are the gifts of faith. And notice gifts of healing. And you notice workings of miracles. Those are power gifts. Those are acting gifts. Gifts of action. They're mostly easily, easily identified. And these three gifts demonstrate the power of God. And they give credence to his reality and give credence to his presence. Always when you find faith in action, really motivating an individual, why it gives credence to the reality and presence of God. When you watch gifts of healing, which, by the way, is vastly different from miracles. Uh, healings take a process of time. Miracles instantaneous. It's just like that, and it's, it's done. But nevertheless, there's still gifts from God. And when you see those things... It's always a demonstration of God's power, and they give credence to his reality. We want to talk, first of all, about the gift of faith. Now, of course, all of us know that it's impossible to please God without faith. Hebrews says that. Every born-again child of God has faith. Otherwise than that, he wouldn't be living for God. The Bible says he has dealt to every man a measure of faith. And we're not talking about that type of faith. Now, all of us know that if we didn't have faith, there's no way we could believe God because no one uh, saw him give his only begotten son. We couldn't believe in Jesus Christ because we didn't see him die. And it's hard for us to understand with a carnal natural mind how the blood of one man could bring salvation to millions of people, past, present, and future. And so there has to be faith on our part. God has given us the faith to reach out. And without this type of faith, you can't please God. So every born-again believer, well, all of us, even before we come to him, we had to believe. Otherwise, that we could have never come to him. We simply had to believe that his blood was shed for us and that it would cleanse us and that he would be the supplier of our need and in our problems and our trouble, and we came to him. Otherwise than that, we would have never come. But we're not talking about that. Everybody possesses that element of faith, that element of belief. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about a special endowment of faith, an impartation of faith, something that's supernatural, that's going to exhibit itself. When circumstances uh, in our lives, such as tragedy, uh, such as danger, yes. such as severe illnesses, such as accidents, such as some type of fearful happenings in our life, and it seems almost impossible for us to face those issues, and all of us know that God is able. How many of us have said that so often? I know he is able. I know he can, but will he? And that's not doing despite to the faith we had when we accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. That's not doing despite to that at all. But in times of tragedy, 
in the times of danger, when we're faced with danger or severe illness or accident or maybe something fearful happenings in our life or someplace where we're just facing circumstances that we don't see no way out of it and no way uh, at all, then we're talking about an impartation of faith that God said belonged to us, that God said was ours, that we could get a hold of, and that is called a gift, a gift that God gives us to be able to face the future regardless of how dark it looks, regardless of how dense it is, or regardless of how little we understand what is happening to us. The gift of faith allows us to take solidly upon the hold of the hand of God that he's left us there and reach up and get a hold of it and simply say, God is going to see me through. God is going to do it. Now, we get mixed up sometimes on faith. It's, it's actually been misused. It's been misquoted. It's been something that people have been belittled by because they didn't exhibit the type of faith certain individuals thought they ought to exhibit. And, you know, if you have faith enough, you can get a Cadillac. If you have faith enough, you can get all kinds of money. If you have faith enough, you can just uh, lay hands on anybody and they're going to be healed and all, all of these things. And we have been belittled sometimes because uh, we haven't been able to do this. And uh, faith actually is just believing God. Faith is getting hold of the hand of God in times of, of tragedy. If there's a tragedy comes, then... The faith we had in believing that Jesus was able to save us is not enough at that time. We're facing something that we hadn't faced before, and then an impartation, which is called a gift of faith, that God gives us. Now, it's for everybody. Have you seen some people weather the storms of life better than others? Have you watched some individuals that just simply tragedy could strike and danger would be present, severe illnesses could be around, fearful happenings and situations in their life, and you look at them and you could see the sadness and you could see the human element on them, but some people seem to be able to wither the storm better than others. And that is, that is no reason other than they have received and gotten from God an impartation of faith far above and beyond the faith that is placed in every man. That enables them to get a hold of the situation. That enables all of us to be master of our situations rather than let our situations master us. That's what faith is all about and reaching God is all about. And if something comes on us at that time, in the midst of it, and when everything else screams out different, something comes on us at that time and we say, God is going to do it. Our God is going to see us through, and that is called now faith, and that's called now power in our lives. If we're not careful, we'll relegate faith to the past, or we'll push faith to the future. We'll look at uh, people like Elijah and like the Apostle Paul and, and like Peter and like Moses and all of those, and we look at the great faith, the three Hebrew children, uh, Daniel and Alliance then, and we look at the great faith that those people exhibited uh, but some way we don't bring it up to us. And then we'll look in the Bible and we'll see some promises and we'll immediately dispatch those promises into the future someplace. But now faith is for us. Now power is for us. And I think God is actually asking us to entertain the thought of letting a special endowment of faith come upon us. We as Christians, we're going to be tried. 
and things are not going to be exactly like we think they ought to be, and we're going to face problems and we're going to face trouble, and there's no way that we're going to continue our belief in God with the exception of a special overflowing and endowment of faith called the gift of faith. I think of all the gifts in the Bible, they're, they're good, the word of wisdom, everybody likes that. Word of knowledge, uh, prophecy, discerning of spirits, uh, tongues, and interpretation of tongues, and all of those things. But I think one of the main ingredients that God is trying to establish within our lives is faith. I'm not talking about just faith to come to Him, or faith to pray to Him, or faith to intercede for Him, but a faith to lay our lives right square dab in His lap and say, God, here it is. You handle it. I'm going to believe you. And you'll have to admit now, when darkness settles in, and you can't see any daylight, and circumstances scream out to the very opposite of what uh, you're getting hold of God for, it's going to take more than most of us have in order to wither the storm. In other words, if we can't, and it's been said often, if we can't run with the footman, how are we going to run with horses? Somebody said they thought the horseman was already running. Well, they're not. Four horsemen in the apocalypse is not running yet. I mean, when they start running, then you're going to see war. I mean, I'm talking about war, and you're going to see famine, and you're going to see pestilence, and you're going to see all of these things. It's going to make everything that we've ever saw in history look like little incidents. And so if we can't focus our attention on God and lay our whole bodies, our whole life, our whole being in his presence and say, God, here it is, I want you to use it. Now, a lot of times you're faced with uh, people that have resigned themselves to surgery that's inevitable, that uh, suddenly you find yourself sometimes just boldly telling them that this is not going to be necessary. That's a special unction. That's a special anointing. Or maybe somebody is scheduled to die. There's no hope for them whatsoever. And some way, faith grips hold of somebody. And they say under the boldness and power of the Holy Spirit of God that you're not going to die, that you're going to live. Now, that is an unction of faith. It's a defiance of the prognosis. It's something that screams out different and rests solely upon the great surge of faith that God has given us. Something that God has said is going to be. Now, circumstances dictates the opposite. Prognosis di dictates the opposite. And this rests solely upon the faith that God has given you. A surging of the Spirit of God that simply says, it's going to be all right. Now, this works in the reverse, too. Because there's sometimes it is not in God's plan to heal somebody. And it's not in God's plan uh, to allow somebody to be without an operation or what have you. And it's not in God's plan to make us uh, walk down a road where there's no briars or anything like that. Sometimes it's in God's plan and the situations are reversed. Now then it takes a great unction of faith to go tell somebody when their whole world is caved in around them. I mean, there's nothing left of their world, seems like. Every, chaos is everywhere. Things that you never thought would happen in your life has happened in your life. And you look at it, circumstances dictate that you're going down, down. There's no chance at all for it to ever be any better. And then faith comes, either by somebody that comes upon you, and actually faith says it's going to be all right. 
I'm going to lead you through the darkness into everlasting eternal light. I'm going to take these circumstances that you are in and I'm going to make them work for you. And it takes probably more faith to get a hold of God and believe that he's going to lead you through in those areas than it is to listen to him when he says you're not going to die, you're not going to have to have an operation simply because you expect immediately this to happen. But it's a long process when faith dictates that you're in this valley, but God says, I'm going to lead you out. He didn't say, I'm going to take you and deliver you from it. I'm going to rapture you out of it. He simply says, I'm going to lead you through it. And that means some more dark days. That means some more dark hours. That means some more times of frustration, some more times when unrest comes in. But all the time, you've got to believe that when that unction of faith moved upon your heart and God said, it's going to be all right, I'm going to take care of it, during those dark hours, that's almost all you have to hold on to. And it takes an unction and gift of faith to hold on to that. And God help us as Christians to move in to that area. We're talking about God's power. We're talking about God's ability. God hasn't always delivered his people out of things, but he has always brought them through things. And I think probably that's been a great big mistake in a lot of areas is that God, we have expected God to always deliver us out of things. We we even expect him to deliver us out of the tribulations as they come. God's not going to do that. And I don't want to upset your theology, but he's not going to do that. He's going to purify his church through that. But it's going to take some faith on our part to believe in the midst of all these circumstances, amidst all this storm, in the midst of all this tragedy, in the midst of when everything on God's earth is happening against us and nothing is for us, some way God says, I'm going to see you through. Amen. Get a hold of my hand. I'm going to lead you through it. That's the gift of faith. That's it working in your life. And faith moves God. How many of you know faith moves God? Yes, you ever read the 14th chapter of Matthew when John the Baptist was beheaded and uh, his disciples came and told Jesus, that John was beheaded, and that's what they were supposed to do. They were supposed to come. Uh, John said, I must uh, decrease, he must increase. And all the time, John always pointed his disciples to Jesus after his, uh, after his demise. And when John the Baptist was beheaded, why, John's disciples immediately sought out Jesus. And the very thing Jesus did was turn around and leave them. He got in the ship and went on the other side. And uh, what happened to those disciples? You know, if they'd have been like us, we'd have looked and said, well, he's some God here. He told me to go to him, and now he turns around and leaves me. Right in my worst hour, right when I needed him the worst, he turns his back on me, and he gets in the ship, and he goes to the other side. It's as if he doesn't know I exist. And a lot of us have had times like that when we just knew that God ought to be there. And it just seems like when we go to him, he just nowhere around that. Sometimes it just seems like he turns and walks away from us, and he's not mindful of our problems at all. He just doesn't care. But he's asking for faith on our part. He's asking for a belief beyond that which we have ever believed. And the Bible tells us that after he was on the other side, and history tells us it was 31 miles around that lake on land. And those people came... 31 miles, bringing their sick 
and bringing their afflicted to get in the presence of the one that turned their back on him. Now, if that's not faith, I don't know what it is. And that's the type of faith that has to be exhibited in your life and from your life and mine. It's to believe that what God does, he has a reason for doing that. He wants to work something out in our life. Everything, and I'm prone to believe this, everything that happens to a Christian life, if we let it, we can let it work for good for us. Or we can let it destroy us. One of the two. But whatever happens, whether it's demonic forces, whether it's devil implemented, or whatever it is, if we let God have it and turn it over to him, he'll work out for good in our lives. But it takes some faith. It takes beyond faith. It takes the measure of faith, the gift of faith that God has asked. And it's been said that prayer is the key to heaven, but faith unlocks the door. And the gift of faith we want to discuss is above and beyond that faith. Any of us, we've said that again, any of us that ever had a special endowment of faith, quickened by the Spirit, just like all the other gifts of the Spirit. There's a special unction that just comes in our life, comes to the rescue, when ordinary faith just simply won't do the job. And I know I have said this often, but I, I know what it's like because I have had my world almost fall apart on years whenever I had a heart attack and had uh, looked like I was going to die and the doctor said I was going to die. And there was something that come on me to make me believe that whatever it was for, God was going to work it out. And somewhere, somehow, you've got to get the idea that if you belong to God and you lay your life to him, he's going to take care of you. And he's going to see you through all the storm because there again faith moves God. And it comes to the rescue when all other faith has simply failed. It's just gone. That little faith that brought you to Jesus, then you're beginning to doubt his ability to do anything about it. And there's a special unction begins to come upon you. Have you ever looked at the life of the children of Israel and watched them as they exhibited faith? And how about the Hebrew children? You know, that's a real old, old story. And uh, when you look at that, they exhibited a type of faith that uh, a lot of people look down on today. They just simply exhibited a faith that simply said, uh, our God is able to deliver us. Yes. We know that he's able. But if he doesn't deliver us, we want you to know that we're not going to bow to your God, to your false idol. We want you to know that. Now then, that's looked down upon as being passive faith, more or less. But that is a faith. Now you, you answer me a question now. How would it take more faith to believe that you're going to be thrown in there and maybe burned to death? Or more faith to believe that God's going to lead you through it? You see, whenever you feel those flames, you first thing you're going to do is say, I want to get out of this. And you see, there's no problem to get out of it. All they'd have to say is we're going to bow down to your image. So someplace, somewhere, there has got to be an unction of faith. Now, I've stood in and reasoned. And common sense tells me that unless I've got more faith than I have exhibited sometimes in the past, that if somebody threatens to throw me into fire... And I've got a way out of it unless there's a special unction of the Holy Ghost and a gift of faith comes down upon me. I'm going to say, hey, look, what do you want? I'll, I'll be willing to do it. 
And and most of us say, well, we we'll we'll just say we'll deny God. He uh, he understands. You know, <laughs> I like that. That that's a word we all use. Oh, God understands. But I've said it before. He don't understand. He, he's not as understanding as you think he is. He's wanting more out of us than we're willing to give. And most of us would say, well, all right, I'll bow down to that little thing. It don't matter. And then I'll just go ahead believing our God. But the children of Israel knew the consequences of that. They were denying their God. They knew that. So they simply exhibited some faith that simply says, I, we don't need your chance. We don't need to hear the trumpets. We don't need any of that. We've already made up our mind. We know exactly what we're going to do. We're not going to bow to your image. We simply have made up our mind we're not. Now they said, if God wants to deliver us, he can. But if he doesn't, it doesn't matter anyway. He's going to deliver us out of your hands one way or the other. Now that has to take a special unction of faith. That has to take the gift of faith. Now, they could have said, I suppose, that uh, special unction of faith come on, and they could have said, throw us in there, we're going to come out, we're not going to be burned or anything like that, and that would have been exhibiting faith too. But they didn't do that. They simply said, doesn't make any difference. Daniel and Alliance, then on and on you could watch these areas of faith that gets individuals through those things, through the fire. So many times Christians have been oriented, and I'll say it again, to get out of things. <laughs> when God has tried to get us oriented to going through things, <laughs> going through things, and that's why he wants us to live after the spirit, not after the flesh. Because flesh will do anything to alleviate pain, amen? Flesh will do anything to get out of problems. <laughs> but spirit inside takes control, and flesh is not the master anymore. The Spirit is the master, and the Hebrew children demonstrated that. Now, if they would have commanded the fire to go out, then that would have been a miracle. But they exhibited faith, not a miracle. They exhibited faith, and we need to understand that. Not all faith brings a miracle. Faith will see us through. Faith will help us to stand the test, but not all faith brings a miracle. We can also look maybe and say we're in a ship, there's a severe storm comes, uh, other ships are destroyed by the wind and the raging waves is all around you, and the gift of faith comes to you and assures you that everything's going to be all right. You see, the Apostle Paul had that. Where the ship was sinking, he told them not to go to start with. The ship was sinking, and there's something motivated him. He said, there stood by me an angel and said that not a one of you is going to be lost. That was exhibiting faith in believing that, that there would be no damage or whatsoever. But if you went on the bow of that ship, and you looked into that wind and those waves like Jesus did, and uh, you would command it to be quiet, that would be a miracle. That would be stopping what is happening there. Just like Jesus did, rebuked the wind, and it stopped. That was a miracle. But faith enables you. I want to get this to you. Faith enables you to go through trials, to go through tragedy, to go through unfortunate circumstances, and some way through the darkness, Get your eyes on the master and your hand in the master's hand and let faith take hold and say, devil, do your best. Do your best, but God is going to see me through this. Amen. Have we been entrapped and ensnared by the powers of evil? It doesn't make any difference. Get a hold of the hand of God, exhibit faith, and say, devil, do your best, but from henceforth I am walking upward toward God. 
I have found a place in God, and I have believed that what God said he is able to do for me. And God leads us through all types of things. Uh, tragedy st uh, stalks our lives. Dangers are every place. Things that, that we would never imagine. Uh, tests and trials that come our way. All of those things is a need for the gift of faith. Where we get a hold of God, what he says. Get in his word. Now, there's no way possible that you can believe what God has to say in his word unless God moves upon you with a special unction. Special unction to believe. I think the Bible tells us to be not weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall weep not. And here you are as weary as you can be and you're tired. And, and, and uh, you've run the race as best you know how. And you've faltered and you've failed. And you get a hold of that scripture. And it just seems like words to you. It just seems like something that God wrote thousands of years ago or had wrote hundreds of years ago that has no meaning to you whatsoever until you read it. And then a special unction of the Spirit grips hold of you and something speaks inside and says, that scripture is for you. That belongs to you. That's yours today. That's yours to use right now in these trials. That's faith as it's moving and motivating your life more than it ever has before. A lot of people say, well, I don't know how I would cope with situations. Well, let's don't cross a bridge till we get to it. What do you say? Always God has been able to demonstrate his power. There's no use walking through the fire until we get to the, where the fire is. Amen. There's no use crossing a bridge unless there's a stream under it. And uh, you'll have to admit this. You take an automobile and you turn its lights on and it doesn't shine much during the daytime. But the darker it gets, it don't even seem like it's shining much when there's dusk. But the darker it gets, the brighter the light shines. And that's the way God is. The darker it gets in our Christian life, the greater emphasis God places upon us. He sees us. He knows where we're at. And a lot of times he just won't come down and, and speak to us. He'll talk to us through the Bible. And that's the reason a lot of us miss out on what God has to say to us is because we don't crack the Bible. In the midst of our trouble and our trials, the first thing the devil will tell you is, oh, there's no use you reading now. You don't understand. Or, or your mind is not on it. But right then is when you need to read. I don't know at the times that I picked up the Bible in desperation. And I knew when I picked it up uh, that as far as my natural mind was concerned, it wasn't in any state to comprehend anything that the Bible had to say. But I picked it up. And I leaf through it, and then all at once, a scripture stands out. God is bringing those letters out. And God is making me see that. And then there's an unction of the Holy Ghost moves upon me. And faith takes hold of me. And that scripture is mine for this hour. It might have been written thousands of years ago or hundreds, but it's just mine today. It belongs to me. And I grasp hold of it, and it makes my day. And it makes my week. Oh, if we could get in God's word and realize, the devil, I'll, I'll tell you again, the devil says, you, no use pick it up now. No use to read it now. You're weary, you're tired, you're sick, you don't feel good. Forget about it. Well, that's the time you need to pick it up. That's the time when the Holy Ghost will do what you can't do in your life. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Can you say amen? Wake up out there. Come on, you feel as good as I do. That's exactly when we need him. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.